Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for June 16th is 1 Kings 9 and 2 Chronicles 8. 1 Kings 9, we see God's response to Solomon's dedication of the temple and the big party, the big celebration that was taking place in Israel is the people were so pleased to have a place, a permanent place to offer sacrifices. And God gives Solomon essentially the same promise that he gave Solomon's father, David. Solomon, if you walk in my ways, if you keep my commands, if your sons walk in my ways, if your sons keep my commands, then you will never fail to have a son on the throne of Israel. But if they don't, if they abandon me, if they bow down and worship other gods, if they chase after and they do all of these other wretched things, I am going to destroy this place. I will remove my name from it from the very temple that I have consecrated and sanctified for my name, God says. And he says that he would utterly destroy the temple in such a way that when the people walked by, it would become an object of scorn and an object of ridicule among all the peoples, like the different people groups. He says in verse 8, Though this temple is now exalted, everyone who passes by will be appalled, and they will scoff. They will say, why did Yahweh do this? And it gave me pause as I read that. I started to think, why would God do that? Why not just destroy the people? Why not just destroy the people? And keep this beautiful gold-laden temple that took seven years to build. And the obvious answer is because God values the people over the temple. It's God's most holy place, but he loves the people more than he loves the temple. He would rather destroy the temple than the people. But I also think of it from the other perspective as the people were associated with that temple. And so when God destroyed the temple and passers-by went across or in that direction and they saw the remains, they saw the rubble, and they called out and said, why would God do that? Why did he destroy that? The answer would be, because they abandoned Yahweh their God who brought their ancestors out of the land of Egypt. They held on to other gods. They bowed in worship to them. They served other gods. Because of this, Yahweh brought all this ruin on them. What was the ruin? The ruin was to destroy the temple, not the people. Because God loves the people. And I started thinking, if people were walking up the sidewalk where my house currently is and someday my house is no longer there and it was destroyed in a fire or an earthquake or lightning or whatever 
and my house was just a pile of smoldering ruin, a junk heap, totally destroyed. And people walked by, would they say, why did God do that? Because they would only ask that question if I was so closely associated with God that the people knew if something ever happened to me, it's because I was so close to God that God must have been the one who either ordained it or at least, very least, allowed it. If the thing that gives you identity, is it your house, your job, your family, your social media presence, whatever it is that gives you that identity, what the thing that you are most notably known for, if that thing was taken away, what questions would people ask when they noticed it? When they noticed that your house was no longer there or your family was no longer there, Job, or your social media presence or whatever it is, your job, your money, your great looks. Are you so closely associated with Yahweh, the God of Israel, that when everything you love, everything that gives you significance is taken away, people question him and not you? I think that's just a a great question. And then we flip over to 2 Chronicles 8, and in verse 11... It says, Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh from the city of David to the house he had built for her. For he said, my wife must not live in the house of King David of Israel, because the places of the ark of Yahweh has come into our holy. Now, some translations would say that Pharaoh's daughter couldn't live in the city of David. This one says the house of David. But the point is the same. Pharaoh's daughter, Solomon's beautiful wife, Solomon didn't want her or didn't think she should be in the places where the Ark of the Covenant had been. And it makes me wonder, was that Solomon's own thinking? Did a prophet confront him about marrying her? About this unholy alliance? Pharaoh was not a righteous man. Obviously, this is not the same Pharaoh that was enslaving the Israelites 500 years before. But Egypt was not a Christian nation. And so it appears as though Solomon is beginning to develop some chinks in the armor. He's beginning to turn away from God on some things. He's beginning to get a little too comfortable. And I wonder if he had never married Pharaoh's daughter. If he had resisted that temptation, he wouldn't have had to hide her away and build a different house for her in a different location just makes me wonder and then of course I have to think 
What am I hiding away from God? What am I compromising on? The Christian journey through this life is one of constant searching for the areas that we've not resigned to him and then resigning those areas to him. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me for anyone who would like to follow him. And that's such a foreign concept for us because we are told every day, everywhere we look, that life was designed for us, that we could design our own life, that we can have it our way. We can have it instantly, whatever we want. And that's not the way it should be. Maybe we need a reset. Maybe we need a great reset. What if the internet was taken away and we couldn't order from Amazon? We couldn't get a dopamine fix from our Facebook notifications? What if we didn't have phones or text messaging? How would that impact your life? But while we have it, let's use it for the glory of God. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless everyone under the sound of my voice that you would help us to see the areas that we need to hand over to you. And Father, that we would honor you as we do that, joyfully knowing that your ways and what you desire for us are so much better than what we think will make us happy. God bless you, my friends. Thank you. Sincerely, thank you for being on this journey with me through the Bible. We'll see you tomorrow.